I'm your host, Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns, and you're listening to Rad Child Podcast. Hey folks, so if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that this week's episode is actually a continuation of that. We have a little two-parter going on because we had a little more content than usual, so I hope you enjoy the extra content. All right, enjoy the show. So bringing it sort of more to kids and practical things that we can do, um, what are some ways that we can encourage kids to explore gender identity and sort of keep those doors open? I think, um, so in... In my practice, when parents come in and they have a kid who is um, young and, let's say, um, making what parents will say, they're making noise about this or they're questioning or whatever their words are, um, and they're nervous about, you know, do I allow them, do I allow them to explore this? Do I allow them to play with these toys? Do I allow them to dress the way they want to dress. You know, my, my question is always um, to the parents, you know, what do you think the harm will be? And they'll answer what they think the harm will be. They'll get made fun of. Um, that will harm them. Um, there's always a plethora of answers. And then I'll say, what are you as a parent afraid of? I'm, I'm harming them, they'll say. I'm harming them in some way. And then, you know, I just gently will say that all we really need to do is love and support this child. That's it. We just need to love and support this child. That's all you need to do. If in three weeks, this child says, I don't want to wear this anymore, or I don't want to be called that name anymore. We've done no harm. We really haven't. We just go back to whatever we were doing. And all we've done is love and have supported this child. That's it. Yeah, and I think it's also t- it's also important to think about right. What's the harm of not allowing them to express themselves? Um, and and I think just like with Timothy slash Gabby, like whatever, it was a week and it was fine. And now that child knows that this is a safe place where if you want to explore that, you can. And it doesn't mean like it does that mean that that kid is going to be trans? No, it they could certainly be, but like that's not like oh well. That week you were Gabby. Sorry, you have to be trans now. Like, there's not, it's not hard and fast rule. Yeah, right, right. We're just that's all we're doing is saying, well, if you want to, right? If you want to do this this week, yeah, this week, right? I would like to. I want to mm-hmm. wear this. I don't know. I think it's about being transparent about the binary and like making sure that they understand, like, I like. We're going into the, we're going shopping. We're going to get some clothes. You are allowed to go into either the girls section and or the boys section. Like I, as your parent, as your like adult figure, like I'm telling you, like you can get whatever you want from wherever you want in the store. And I, and I think it's super important to be very like deliberate and like, and and to like purposefully like say that and like same with the toys. I think like what's harder is like what's harder is changing your environment in like spaces where it is like this is like the boys are going to line up here the girls are going to line up here um schools that don't have gender neutral bathrooms um 
folks who I think like ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, like that kind of stuff is like getting better, but like making sure that we're addressing people, like groups of people in gender neutral ways. I think that's super important. Yeah, so Um, important. And it's starting to get a little better. My wife works at an airport and they just, they just took out the ladies and gentlemen and people were so mad about it. And she was like, they were like, what are we going to say? And my wife was like, passengers, like, we have yeah, like words. Other, other words. Like, calm down, everyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah. So, I think I think the the environment change is what's more difficult. Um, and it's, like, slowly yeah. happening. But, like, that's going to happen, like, slower than, like, you're introducing your kids to the world. So, I think, like, making sure that you are having those conversations with your kids and being sure that you're saying, like, and acknowledging, like, the world is this way, but this is how we're going to treat that world. Yeah, if that makes for sense sure. of like, this is, yeah. And I think that's so different. I know that a lot of parents will say, oh, well, I'll, you know, sort of, if my child is assigned male at birth, I'm going to give them sort of the boy things. And if they decide they want to dress, that's fine, but I'm not going to offer that to them. And I, I just think that that's really limiting mm-hmm. um, your kids, your kids' expression and creativity, mm-hmm. you know, to say, especially because as someone who started in the girl section and then went to the boy section and then went back to the girl section, mm-hmm. the boy section is so boring. Yeah. There's like three colors and everything is solids or stripes. There's like no unicorns. Mm-hmm. There's no sequins. Although I did see a kid, I don't know what section of the story it was from. There was a kid uh, the other day who um, I was perceiving to be a boy mm-hmm. and he had on a shirt that was reversible sequin dinosaurs. And I was like, yes, I love that. We're just putting reversible sequins on every reversible sequins are for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I, I really think that it's important to just give the same thing with toys. It's just like mm-hmm. giving all the options, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I think in terms of planning ahead, something that I was very lucky to experience in terms of sexual diversity is that when I was, you know, in elementary school and my parents heard kids using the word gay as an insult, they took time to say to my brother and me, like, that's not an insulting word. Here's what gay means. When you're young, probably it's too early to know who you'll be into. And one day when you grow up, you'll tell us and it will be fine. And um, I envision having similar conversations with my own children also about gender to say, you know, because when you were born, the doctor said you're a boy, a lot of people are probably going to expect you to be a boy. And if you do identify as a boy, that's totally cool. But if you identify some other way, like as a girl or a gender, that's totally fine. If you need time to sort of try on those different forms of expression, no worries. We're here to support you and you just tell us what you're feeling. There's, um, there's another really great uh, kids book that just came out fairly recently called It Feels Good to Be Yourself. Um, and that's by Teresa Thorne. Um, and there's a, it's funny because it starts out with like, this is Ruthie. Ruthie is, it's more of a like explaining kind of book rather than a story, but it's about like friends. So it'd be like, this is Ruthie. Ruthie's a transgender girl. That's what this means. Then it's like, this is Xavier. Xavier is a cisgender boy. You know, it's Ruthie's brother and he's a cisgender boy. And, and, you know, and, and that part of it, it's like, it's fine to like tell, you know, tell your parents how you're feeling. Like when Ruthie was four, she told her parents that she felt like a girl. And then it was like, it's fine if you're cis too. And you know, Xavier's like three and he's like, I'm a boy. I like being a boy. (laughs) But that's what that, that made me think of um, that. It's important for cisgender people too, also to know that like still important to know there are options um, and that whatever you, you feel is valid. (laughs) 
Um, is there, is there anything else? I know we, this is what always happens. We like go from topic to topic, but about, um, someone, do you have something to say? Yeah. So I'm pregnant right now. It's a very different experience at a, 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 a 35 than a 22, uh, in terms of what I can do to shield this future child from the gender binary in a sense. Um, as you know, in America, folks take very seriously things like gender reveals and baby showers. These are, these are, these are rituals that we invest in because we find them important for some reason. I want to acknowledge that the person who began gender reveal parties has a non-binary child herself and has since come to terms with gender diversity and has asked for Americans to please stop it (laughs) and not in her name. Um, And so when you're pregnant, uh, I think like even before the child is born, folks want a very clear answer, right, about the gender of the child and what are you having, which is uh, both like inaccurate, it's, it's, you know, something that isn't there yet. Um, so I guess what they're mm. asking, once again, is the genitals seen on a sonogram um, by a practitioner, right? And, uh, of course, um, regardless of what this child wants, or what it will have as a body, uh, people want an answer. If you start to sort of say, I'd rather not say, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, we don't know, <laughs> like, then they have an issue about how to treat this future child or what to get for the baby shower. Now, I have a wife <laughs> this time around who thinks a baby shower is worth doing so that we can get the stuff we need because we are sort of lower working class people. Uh, and I'm dreading it. And I have to say, I'm a 35 year old person who's grown, who has three kids, who's dreading a baby shower <laughs> in January because of the many cisgender and straight people and others that will show up to no matter what I say, push back or like, you know, I think they might out of spite um, mm-hmm. to actually buy certain things that are not on the registry. Um, and it, it seems like a silly thing to talk about, but it's actually this like societal pushback to even if you as a parent wanted to keep things more open and flexible, everyone is trying to bring your stuff back in. Um, and I just feel already pre-tired and like pre-frustrated and uh, I'm looking forward to the end of it <laughs> and just going home and you know explaining what went on to my children and so when I was talking about intentionally creating a more gender neutral environment in the home it's a lot I hear a lot of parents say you know well we're raising them as the gender they were assigned and if they say something different that's fine too however again that puts the sort of the responsibility on a kid in a place where things are you know, pretty much set up already. So instead, you have to kind of, um, you as a parent should have toys of all kinds, anyhow, clothing of all kinds, anyhow, expressions of all kinds, anyhow, everyone can uh, put on nail polish, and everyone does even my like, very masculine, lesbian, cisgender partner, you know, because even though that's not her gender expression, when we do nail polish in this house, it's to show that that's not a huge deal. And it doesn't mean anything um, in particular. So, so we try to sort of from the very beginning, set up a neutral place. Uh, and then it's other people who are constantly trying to reinscribe and remind us of the position of this child. The other thing I wanted to mention is kids grow up and start moving out of the house. It's really important to, and this is confusing and complicated to say, yeah. certain spaces that you go into are safe. 
And then certain spaces that you go into are either not a space I have yet checked out um, and may be unsafe. And so you actually learn by practice how to be like, hey, what the pronoun is for this hour. Like we're going to this park. Some of the kids from school may be there. How do you want me to sort of um, designate, (laughs) you know, when other kids are talking about you we're going to this friend's house this is a safe house there are lots of trans people there you will be allowed to be your magical self do you then want to wear like i have trunks of clothes in my house some are the magical clothes of our utopia and some are the like regular clothes you wear if you don't want to deal with people today um and so you know you have to just like if someone so kids go through very kid like things like a play date, you know, they want to go on a play date. I don't know that family. I don't know that house. I don't know what they want to say. I don't know if they told this child or not, you know, and actually back to the children don't find this as confusing as adults. My child has felt safe telling most of her peers in school that she's a transgender girl rather than teachers and administrators and other adults. So I just had a family show up because we gave them our um, Link costume from The Legend of Zelda to their daughter. And this was a huge epiphany for them that their daughter can wear a costume of a boy. And so they came back and I made a mistake. I just, um, it wasn't a mistake because I'm so used to saying she, so I said she, but they didn't know that that's the pronouns we use. And so they were like, she, and I was like, Oh, he, I mean, you know, and it was just this weird. And, um, their daughter, who's my daughter's age, who's 10 was like, yeah, Ark uses she, she's a trans girl. And the parents who are a straight cisgender couple were like probably the first set of parents I met who were like, Oh, okay. Well, thank you for correcting me because Ark was able to like your, you know, my daughter, his name is Ark. Uh, Ark was able to tell you, um, but not, and we, we didn't know. So they like course corrected during that conversation. And I thought I told my wife, I was like, that was the most open straight couple (laughs) that I've encountered both man and woman, like really sort of aware of their daughter, you know? And so that's why, um, that's why now that family in that house is designated as safe. But it's just it just gets so complicated sometimes as you just go to Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party and some kids know that, that, you know, she's a girl and some kids think she's a boy. And it's these other people that make the, the her gender their focus when that wasn't your intention as a parent. Emily. And I, I think it's really important. I appreciate that you pointed out. The fact that I think there's a really big difference between when you're trying to, I think it was Jonathan that was talking about this earlier about as a child sort of being guilted, diplomatically guilted into like, oh, you can like that. But if you get it, people are going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm. There's a very difference between doing that yeah. and explaining code switching to children, which, which is when we might need to pres- choose to present differently in different places because we don't um, want to... Uh, deal with, like you were saying, like, maybe I don't want to educate yep. people. I don't want to um, deal with that attention. Like I just got this very, very shiny coat and I bought this coat. Oh, I love this coat. Little girls department of Walmart. I love being able to fit in the children's clothes. I also got from there, a, it's a raincoat and it has sequins in mm-hmm. and see-through. Oh my God. It's so cool. Um, shout out to the little girls department of Walmart, I guess. Um, but there are certain places, right? Like when I go on an interview with a new family, I'm not right. going to wear my shiny pink coat because I don't know these people. 
And I don't know how they're going to react to that. And once I get them in a contract, then I'll wear my shiny pink coat because they can't get rid of me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I think there's a big difference between those two things. And building off this topic of navigating safe spaces, I always love to say growing up Jewish was such good practice for being queer because my parents spoke to us at a young age about knowing your environment and identifying how openly it's safe to signal Jewishness. Like I remember uh, being in an olive garden somewhere in California, maybe around age seven, not long after there had been some KKK firebombing attacks on synagogues. And I was speaking about Hebrew school and my mom kind of grabbed my wrist and said, like, you can't speak about that here. And after that initial reaction, we had a, a sort of calmer conversation about how you keep your antenna up and know what are the safe bubbles, the unsafe bubbles, and the ones in between. And that kind of, and that was also helpful because, um, unlike with queerness, my parents and I were all Jewish, and therefore it wasn't a question of whether Jewishness was okay. It was just a question of um, knowing how to stay safe as a Jewish person in the world. And so those skills. transferred very easily to self-monitoring as a queer person um, without stigmatizing one's own queer identity. And I certainly hope to draw those conversational skills into future conversations with my own children, both about Jewishness and about sexual and gender diversity. I think intersectionality is really important to talk about when we're talking about this stuff and how, right, you're never just going to be your gender. Like you were saying, there's also always, you know, um, your racial identity and your cultural identity and all these other identities at play and how they intersect and how we can utilize those tools, like we were saying, sort of across, across the board. All right. Now it's about time for some announcements. First of all, thanks so much for listening. As always, you are arguably the most important part of the podcast because if no one was listening, uh, there would really be no point to this. <laughs> so thank you for being there. So I just wanted to follow up, first of all, about the clothing swap, which went really well. Uh, a lot of families turned out and um, a lot of people were able to get some great clothes and toys and it was just a really nice time for community. So hopefully you'll come out to the next one if you're a local Montreal family or hoping to run them semi-annually so I'll let you know when the next one's going to happen. Our next announcement is again a pre-announcement announcement. We have some exciting news that we're going to be able to announce the week of February 15th so stay tuned for that and aside from that it's just the regular schmegular stuff uh, so you can follow us at Radchild Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can reach out to us at radchildpodcast at gmail.com or on uh, on our website, www.radchildpodcast.com. If you'd like to be a guest, you can go to the contact us section and there's a little link there uh, that'll send you to a form that you can fill out. It just gives us a little information about what kind of episodes you're interested in being on, what kind of topics you like. Also, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash radchildpodcast. Uh, you can be like the lovely Emma and Kai, who are two of our, uh, our current Patreons. Basically, you set up a monthly uh, donation that could be as little as a dollar a month and you can get really cool things uh, like bloopers. You can get access to our Discord where you can chat with other 
fans. Uh, you can get care packages, kids books, kids book recommendations that are personalized to the child in your life, all sorts of really cool things. So definitely check that out. And the last thing to check out is I don't know that I ever announced that our Etsy store is live where you can buy all of our merch and that you can find at etsy.com slash CA slash shop slash rad child podcast. So definitely check that out. We've got some really cool buttons, uh, stickers, postcards, all sorts of really, really neat things. Uh, All right. So without further ado, I guess we'll get back to the show. Um, I want to talk a little bit about gendered language. So there's a lot of a lot of like little princess and a lot of, um, oh, you're such a good boy. You're such a good girl. When really we mean good job. I don't like we do a lot of gendering sort of arbitrarily. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, how do we, how do you think that affects kids and how, what are maybe some alternatives? Like I was saying, as opposed to saying like, Oh, you're a good boy or good girl, like good job or whatever, things like that. You know, again, just upon reflection as a parent, I just, you know, uh, my son just turned 16 and, you know, I did this thing where I brought the baby book and little scrapbook as much, you know, more organized back then. And it was all like, you know, boy and, my special guy and I was like what did I do to this kid like from the go you know and and again in retrospect this just happened I was like wow but you know I also kind of reminded myself like I didn't I didn't know it's, you know I, I wasn't where I'm at today so of course it you know I was wrapped up in all the you know baby boy scrapbooking stuff and um but but you know being able to even now it, everything doesn't have to be so so gendered you know to be able to say like you did you did a great job today it doesn't have to be like you're a little princess or you're a little prince or you know hey buddy like you know we i just call everyone buddy regardless of gender i call all babies bud i'm like hey bud hey bud right right well right <laughs> But like, but I catch myself like if I call the boy bud, then I call the girl bud oh, after. Right, right. I, I catch myself. <laughs> you know, versus just you know, like just you know, a, a compliment or an acknowledgement based on behavior. You know, you did you did a great job today, and use their name or but yeah. you know or or you know an affectionate term, you know, love or or something like that. Or even like my dad used to call me pumpkin. Pumpkins don't have genders. Right, right. Not, right. <laughs> that I know of. I'm not a I'm not a, like a botanist. Maybe right. they do. My little princess or my little you know, my little prince or my but it's I think again it's something for me it was just so ingrained that that you know, we did it. And now I, I definitely try not to, you know, to engage in that and for many years, you know. Yeah. You know, you're a sweet girl, you're such a sweet like you're sweet. I think you're sweet. Like it yeah. Period. That's it. I think you're sweet. And, and also I think it's interesting what what adjectives we're using to describe based on sex or gender. Like I um I noticed that one of the families that I was with was always was always saying, Oh, you're such a strong little boy, you're such a strong little boy, and you're such a sweet little girl. And I was like, Why like and this family, it's interesting because they'll always say, oh, you're such a sweet little boy. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we don't have to say, we could just say you're sweet. But like, I appreciate that we're acknowledging like what, because even from that young age, you're letting them know what you're reinforcing, right? What right. that, oh, this it's good to be strong and a boy, right? Right. And so, I think, right. yeah, I think all that's interesting. The princess thing made me think of one time, 
I get, as a nanny, I just get very, it's just years and years. I've been doing this for about six years. So it's just years of like getting annoyed at people gendering babies that I'm with. Um, people be like, is it a boy or a girl? And I'm like, it's a baby. I'm like, ah, I just, I'm very uh, over it. But anyway, one day I was with this little kid who I was nannying and she, um, she sort of like, her parents dressed her very gender neutral to them meant gray. I, that's not what gender neutral means to me, but they were just like, she can only wear gray. And I'm like, that's just forcing her to wear another thing, but okay. Um, but anyway, so she, people often wouldn't be able to tell if she was a boy or a girl from looking at, she didn't have a big bow on. Uh, how do you tell? And uh, I was walking with her one day and this woman was, you know, this like sweet older lady was, you know, crossing the street and was like, Oh, what a cute little princess. And then as she got closer, she went, or is it a prince? And I said, Ma'am, this this baby is not is a peasant. No royal blood. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to. I'm so too sad. Peasant this is a peasant child. Commoner. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. Um, I actually, I'm thinking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to imagine what I used to be like because there's no gender language here except to talk about gender, and um, that's why this household is so special. But I'm trying to think like when they go downstairs, and I live with my mom and my aunt and my grandmother, who always remind me about gender, in case we forget. Um, they sort of welcome my children downstairs by like saying, "There's my man, the strong man, or whatever," and like. It's a bit creepy because, you know, like they are projecting sort of a sexual, like some vibe that there's like, this is their protector too. Anyway, whatever. And he's five. So, um, so I have to sort of talk about like, again, like when you hear that, I don't think it means anything for you unless it does. And so uh, I've switched gears in, in, in public when um, all of my children up until they decide to cut their hair or not look like to people like really sweet princesses. I don't know. And so in, instead of correcting or whatever, I just sort of say, like, I just go with whatever people say. They'll say, oh, my gosh, you have such beautiful daughters. And I'll say, of course I do. Thanks so much. And, you know, they'll say, oh, my God, you know, like, is, is this a boy or a girl? And I'll just be like, you know, who knows? Um <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sort of, but what I taught my kids more importantly is like, if at that moment some random stranger calls you a girl, well, not only is that not an insult, but like it's it's got nothing to do, it's got nothing to do with any of us. <laughs> so you could go ahead and just nod. You can go ahead. You like what kids don't have to do is be is correct adults like what they they don't have to be like but i'm a boy unless that's important to them and like whatever so to my five-year-old you know he's very different and again i use he pronouns um and i use sometimes he pronouns for this in penis child in in utero but i don't think pronouns mean gender um as much as some people Mm do like and that's why I, as an agender person, you can refer to me as she, her. And that doesn't mean another agender person is okay with that. It's just that pronouns doesn't mm-hmm. equal gender for some people. And so I use he and they and like whatever. But, um, you know, I, I just sort of, he just, he's so amazing. He's just like, if my 10 year old is more ferocious about responding to people, uh, this one is just like, but I like it. So when they're questioning his behavior, why are you wearing that? Why is your nail polish pink? Like, why is your hair so long? He just says, because I like it. It's really hard to argue that for like a variety of reasons, because what are you going to yell at a five-year-old about how they shouldn't like it? Like, 
he's just like he's taught me to just be like because I want to. I don't have to go into the thesis um uh because i'm wow. yeah so he's he's much more open he's like much more like whatever because i want to i don't i don't have to deal with this <laughs> and he just you know walks away it reminds me a lot of the code switching that we were talking about earlier and safety <laughs> about you know there are sometimes as a grown adult that i want to you know that i will correct people and sometimes that i'm like my starbucks barista it doesn't matter i'm never gonna see exactly and and sometimes even when i'm with children i choose not to because i don't want to put them at risk if the person mm-hmm. that i'm mm-hmm. correcting you know is my pride you know more important than right this or, or whatever and it's not always about pride it could be many you know i could be experiencing dysphoria because of that and that's still that mm-hmm. important but you have to make those those choices um the other thing that i wanted to say real quickly bouncing off and then I'll let you go is that makes me really angry when onesies baby onesies are like little hunk I'm like stop sexualizing children you're you're like reinforcing gender things and sexualizing them and then you're like but you're turning kids gay I'm like what you're making them you're literally doing the thing that you're then like accusing other people of doing it's very strange anyway go go ahead In terms of gendered language, one way I've encountered it recently is in the translations of the children's book. And that's been like a really exciting project. We now have 21 translations, everything from Russian, Chinese, Spanish, all the way to Faroese, um, which I really didn't know much about before these translations. But some languages, of course, are more gendered than others. And even so I think I'm thinking especially of the translations into French, Spanish, Hebrew, and Arabic. Um it was a real challenge to think about how you address gender diversity and speak about gender neutrality in these uh, languages that don't often allow for it. And I often wonder for people who are raising children in these languages, uh, if we're going to talk about raising children without gender expectations, uh, it's really intense labor to like switch genders in your phrasing each time you tell a child, like, please bring me that dish, please get that water. Uh, and so I think that it. Uh, um, maybe a conversation for a whole other episode to hear about the cool work people are doing in French or Spanish yeah. or Hebrew language communities to create those mm-hmm. uh, gender neutral language yeah, alternatives. It's really tough being in a place that uh, speaks primarily French. You know, I talk to a lot of like queer folks who are francophone and it's basically like a lot of, there's a lot of disconnect. Like a lot of queer people have their own words that they use, but they're not like if it would it's sort of like we're making up our own word so if i'm making up my own word and then i say Mm -hmm. it to you you're gonna be like what the hell is that word everyone is sort of making up their own individual words and it's not like like we need to just have a community hearing and pick one um i wish it works like that (laughs) um but yeah it's it's tough there's not really a good way a lot of people like i run in montreal like um, a french conversation group for queer folks we like meet up and we play board games and we practice french and a lot of people, like on your name tags, I'll invite people to put their name and their pronoun. So a lot of people will put like they, them in English, whatever in French, or like il in French. Like even though they use they in English, they just kind of, you have to pick one in French. Or or alternatively, mm-hmm. just use, be like whatever, use either one. Um, but there's no neutral. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably similar for Spanish. I don't know culturally, like I don't have the knowledge of like what's going on in the queer communities there um, as far as doing that but I just yeah it's hard I think um it's interesting I I feel like I read a study once about like um like people who hold like 
boy baby, like AMAB babies versus AFAB babies, assigned male at birth and assigned female at birth babies, and like how, like, I don't remember what it actually was, but something about like how, like, they like play with like boy babies and like will throw them around and like rough house with them, and then they like, they like are so dainty with like AFAB babies, and it like is actually, it actually like, affects their like development yeah Um, and just like how and like caution and like fear and like how that develops um i I don't i can't can't actually recall what there there was also there's a study there's a book called gender neutral parenting i have Mm -hmm. to i'll put the author in the show notes i don't know their name offhand um but there was a study that was listed in that book about how um their basically there were two like ramps and they were having boy and girl babies climb up the ramps and the parents were um had to sort of guess how far the babies would get and across the board they always expected the expectations for the boys were always higher Mm -hmm. and it wasn't at all like their babies they're just crawling and developing like it had no bearing on that you know how far they got yeah. some got farther and some didn't get farther and had nothing to do with their gender but we have we definitely hold different expectations um and when we're not realizing it sometimes yeah even yeah. like in infancy it's yeah it's, yeah it's interesting um yeah I, so i think i think it definitely um like stuff like that and like the way we treat um children and even babies that we like perceive as one gender we will treat them differently even if you like you don't notice it um yeah and And i I think think it sort of goes back to what you were saying too about like using gender neutral terminology when like there's no need to say if if what you're trying to say is good job you don't need to say good boy good girl Mm -hmm. like you're not performing boy like I even I even catch my wife sometimes with our bunny. I'm like, no, he's not being a good boy. I'm like he's being a good bun. He's not like doing gendered things right now. Um, but I think that's that's an easy one that uh, for some reason we do a lot of. So um, to round this conversation out, I'm just curious. Um, I know I talked about a couple of books, and Jonathan obviously you talked about your book, but I'm curious if uh, y'all have any resources either for parents or for kids uh, about gender that you're like really really love. Also, Jonathan, I'm so excited that this is in French because none of the books about gender are in French and I can get something for my nieces now. I gotta push my I gotta push my queer agenda. Oh, I hope they'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a lot of, I have a lot of queer picture books. Um, I love one of my favorites is Neither by Airly Anderson. Mm, I, I don't Neither. think, I, I haven't gotten my it's hands on that one yet, but I've so heard such sweet. good things. Really, she she illustrates it as well, and it's just, like, really beautiful. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, Juliana's a Mermaid, obviously, that blew up over the summer. Um, I love Red, A Crayon Story. Yeah. It's just a really lovely, like, trans allegory. Um, and I don't think mm-hmm. it was necessarily meant as a trans allegory. No, um, but it, it works as one for it sure. Works perfectly. <laughs> Um, I, the, like, Stonewall book and the Harvey Milk book are, like, fine. <laughs> I have oh bad to say about them. I wish the Harvey Milk book was a little more diverse. I wish yeah. the Stonewall book actually said Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera's names and wasn't as, it like... It doesn't? No. And I... Whoa. Yeah. I've, I haven't had my hands on that one yet. Yeah. The the author I've met in before and the illustrator, they're both, like, lovely, lovely people, but they're, like, both white cis 
gay men. So it's just kind of uh, like, uh, mm, yeah, and mm, I and they that's very troublesome. Yeah, not that they're white cis gay men, but that that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> white cis gay men, you're allowed to exist. I have no problem yeah, with you. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, it, it's helpful that like those books exist, but I wish. Um, I wish there was another version of the Stonewall story. It, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Um, yeah. And his Harvey Milk book. Um, I that one I do. Have. It's it's okay. I wish it was a little bit more racially diverse. It's like very white. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they barely talk about Gilbert Baker, who is like the actual person who made the rainbow flag. This book, Selling the Rainbow, is all about Gilbert Baker. <gasps> oh, cool. That looks this is great. A, yeah, this is a really great one. Okay, cool. Because um, I've, so yeah, I've, been, I've been trying to, like, do a storytelling, like, a little bit more about Gilbert Baker. And, like, it was actually really cool the way that they made the flag. Like, they had to, like, have 30 yeah. volunteers. Like, and it originally had pink in it. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, like, like yeah. turquoise. Like, they have yeah. pink in it because of manufacturing. It's actually, like, a kind of interesting story. And, and I think yeah. they actually say that in here and have a picture of what the mm-hmm. original, yeah. The original colors and everything. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. I'll have to. But it's up. Okay. that's a really good one. It's called Sewing the Rainbow, and as you can see, it has a lot of racial diversity. Yeah, totally. That's great. Yeah, for my, this is great for my audio medium, but for you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I like reading? Um, I like oh, I love Marlon Bundo. I think that one's fun. Yes, just I like, just read that one for the first time recently. Yeah, it's I so think good. like as someone who like reads like books aloud to kids, like it's just really fun to like do the voices. Is that a good a good read aloud one? Yeah, I like it. I like reading it aloud. Just because, like, there are lots of voices, there are lots of characters, like, it's just kind of, like, fun, like, the wordplay is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas, like, when I try to read, like, Juliana's a Roommate out loud, like, there's just, it's just so, like, it's so picture-oriented. Yeah. You, to, you end up having to, like, vamp a lot. Um, yes. Whereas- well, it's, and it's a lot more like, I mean, you know, it's give and take, right? Like those mm-hmm. kinds of books are good for like, wow, what do you think is happening yeah. here? But you have to do a lot more of like, yeah, it's a lot more of, work. of that. Yes. Um, yeah. Those are the ones I really like. Um, I haven't read it before, but I get it recommended to me a lot. And I, I really need to read it is on um, Worm Loves Worm. Yeah. That's a really sweet one. I have read that one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like marriage equality ones. There's a lot of like. Um, like gendery, like identity books that are like yeah. Animals. We're finally getting to a place where, well, I think unfortunately, kind of what happened is publishers realized they could make money off of these books, mm-hmm. and that's why they're publishing them. But I'm glad that they're publishing them. If it took money, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's but, definitely oh, and I, I love um, A is for activist. Um, yes that's a really good one there's also one that actually i found out the family that i was working for got it it's called the abcs of equality that's a really good abc book for young kids too yeah Um, yeah and there's also one that i've been seeing on parent groups called gay bcs that i have not read yet yeah i i I recently got the gay bcs um i was just like thumbing through it it's good it's just like i mean it's you know it's an abc book it's you know yeah it's nice but it's like it's like queer terminology yeah yeah, yeah, it's all like LGBT stuff. Um, yeah, and some of them are like kind of a stretch, but you know, you're doing an ABC <laughs> book, so what, what else? You that do? was like what was. There's one book that I have that's called A is for Awesome. That's all. It's it is a really great book. It's mm-hmm. all about women um, oh, cool. throughout history who have done cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the end, well, the end is like X Y Z is for like extraordinary you and Z. I don't know what like what Z was. Yeah, but I was just like, okay, we 
there are definitely people who started with those letters, but it's like a mirror, Mm -hmm. which is cute. But I was like, why could have been for you? Yeah. And like, we could have found other people for these letters. I love when they do that. Anyway. I like sex as a funny word as a book. Um, I like, uh, what is that really colorful book about how babies are made, but it's not. Yeah, but it doesn't use gendered language so uh, what makes the baby by Corey Silver. yeah i i've always they have worn out the books you know reading them at every age um and coming back to those books yeah at the, the outdoor camp oh gosh what is the name of that one karen do you know the one yeah it's crazy but yes. they do offer scholarships yes um do you know what the name of it is camp aeronudic oh yeah thank yeah. you yeah. Um, so this is on diversity more broadly, but with Hanukkah coming up, the Jewish holiday, I really love the book Queen of the Hanukkah Doses by Pamela Ehrenberg. And it's about a girl who has a Jew- a white Jewish parent and an Indian Hindu parent uh, and how they blend those cultures on Hanukkah. And I think... Yeah. You know, for children of any back- background, it can be a great book about understanding social diversity and diverse families, and that can then open conversations on gender diversity uh, in families as what well. What is the name of it? Queen of the Hanukkah Dosas. Dosas being like a, a South mm-hmm. Indian sort of savory pancake. Office? Pamela Ehrenberg. That's awesome. I love, I'm always looking for intersectional. There actually is a really good book called um, Intersectional Allies that's that's recent that just came out and it's all about intersectionality and how to be an ally for folks of uh, who are different than you. Um, and mm. there's even like, um, there's a character who is Hispanic and like that part is just all in Spanish. That was funny. I was like reading through it for the first time. Like I often will just read, I'll buy new books and I'll read them to my wife. She'll be like, what's my bedtime story today? And I was like, uh, you're going to have to help me with this part because I speak zero. I know donde está el baño and like, that's it. Um, so we collaborated on that. She read the Spanish part, um, but it's really, really wonderful. But anyway, does um, were, was there any any other resources? And can also, if you have any thoughts for parents as well, I often recommend the Conscious Parent um, for parents. Um, does not really uh, touch on gender at all, but for parents who are dealing with having to kind of address their own issues while they're kind of progressing through helping um, their children through the gender journey, it kind of helps them to look at what their stuff is um, and allows them um, hopefully some space to address that. Um, so I've often liked that um, as a good resource. And uh, you can find that on the machine Amazon or at your local bookstore if you have one. Yes, local mm-hmm. bookstores. Um there, I also just wanted to mention real quickly a couple ones specifically, like for grownups um, about gender that are really helpful. There's gender born, gender made yeah. is is a really is a really good one. Um, that's by Diane Earnshaft. Earnshaft, Earnshaft. Thank you, Diane Earnshaft, and who also has an, another book called The Gender Creative Child, yeah. which I haven't read yet, but I've heard really good things about. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently working my way through Parenting Beyond Pink and Blue which is really, that one's a really good one as well. And actually we're having, the author of that book is going to be uh, in our next episode. So uh, last thing really quick is just if you have anything that you want to plug, I know Jonathan, you've already talked about your book, but you can talk about it again if you want. Um, personal projects or anything. Yeah, so I have a bunch of things that I do. Um, I'm 
primarily I make queer children's media and um, in kind of a myriad of ways. And I'm also kind of expanding that world out. Mm -hmm. So um, kind of like the flagship is my web series, Queer Kid Stuff, where I make LGBTQ plus and social justice videos for kids on YouTube. Um, And you can just find that, just Google Queer Kid Stuff. I have a website, you can check out all the videos. They're on the YouTube channel. Um, that's where that is. I'm not really making too many new episodes of that anymore, just because YouTube kind of sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just for a myriad of reasons. Um, but yes, but there's tons of content there. You can also watch my TED Talk where I talk about like the importance of yes, um, it's so good and sexuality education for kids. Um, that's just my name, Lindsay Amer. You can just search my TED Talk. It's cool it was a thing i did it's good recommend thanks um <laughs> worked real hard on that one um then i'm also um kind of transitioning from the web series to my own podcast actually and, yay welcome um, thanks <laughs> um so it's going to be a kids and family podcast called activist you it's going to be debuting um sometime in the new year and I'm going to be exploring um, social justice topics with youth activists. So I've got um, I've got an interview with Desmond is amazing already. Um, I'm I'm about to interview um, a really cool um, civil rights activist who's a young person. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm getting just like really cool guests. One day I'll get Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, and like cool people like that. So I'm I'm really excited to have those conversations with like young people. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you going over a couple of minutes. All right, stay rad. I'm Teffer. I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. And we are the Yeah Podcast. Join us as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA Lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing pinkle media bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. <laughs>